0: He's the founder of Digital Market, which is an equal opportunity marketplace for digital marketing products and services. Gaurav is a part of an alliance with India's top digital marketers and has been a key speaker at several Indian and international events. With that, I welcome Gaurav on the Socially Desi show. Hi, Gaurav.
1: Hey, Anurag. Thank you so much for having me here. Really, really excited about today's podcast.
0: The pleasure is all mine, Gaurav. Thank you so much for uh, taking out time from your schedule and uh, doing this episode. Uh, So guys, uh, today's episode is really interesting. Uh, We're going to dive deep into digital marketing. We're going to dive deep into how we can democratize uh, the digital marketing space, especially for freelancers and small businesses. So we'll get on to that before uh, moving towards the main theme of our episode. Gaurav, why don't you tell our audience a bit about your professional journey so far?
1: Sure. Well, professional journey started uh, quite some time ago. I started my first business. So I actually earned my first money when I was 14 years old. And I earned that money on the internet. So that was uh, now looking back at it 20, 21 years ago. And uh, ever since then, I've always really been fascinated with the internet. I took a slight detour to do my college and the regular education which now I kind of look back thinking whether I should have done it or not. Uh, (laughs) And uh, then I got a job. I got a job in this really cool company in Mumbai that uh, taught me a lot about digital marketing and the internet and stuff like that. So that was my initial start. And two years into my job, I realized that uh, I just needed to start my own business. I had this major itch of starting my own business So I started an agency when I was about 21-22 years old and I've been uh, in the same space now for about uh, 15 years running in a digital marketing operation.
0: Wonderful. And what was the inspiration behind uh, digital market?
1: So the inspiration behind digital market actually started when we had a a typical digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by typical digital marketing agency is that we had like an office in Pune. We had... Uh, Not one, but we are actually two floors full of employees. Uh, Everybody who would come to the office and, you know, like a typical office computer, desks and chairs and electricity and coffee and all that fun stuff. And uh, over time, we saw that like a lot of our employees, they would either need to move out of Pune or they'd they'd be getting married. Someone might be having a kid. Someone might just want to go for a holiday. And stuff like that. So we started this concept of working from home back in 2012. Where uh, you didn't have to come to the office. So you could choose if you wanted to come to the office. Or you could choose if you wanted to uh, work from home. And we ended up paying the people who used to work from home a little bit more money. Because you know they used to work on their own computers, their own internet, their own electricity and stuff like that. So then more and more people wanted to kind of start working from home. And as a business, we really, really liked that. We really liked that because it gave us a lot more flexibility. It reduced our overheads a lot and stuff like that. So that was one aspect of it uh, where, you know, you can work from anywhere. You don't necessarily need to be in Pune. You could work from anywhere and still be part of a, a community. And the other aspect of it is that uh, I feel in general, uh, Indians... Uh, Many people, you know, they are racially discriminated against, you know, depending Mm. on the color of your skin, depending on who you are, what you look like, your first name, last name, your religion, your orientation. People are just generally like discriminating, which I personally don't like. I'm sure nobody likes it, right? Nobody likes to be discriminated against. So that was the other part of being an equal opportunity network, saying that like, as long as you're really good at your skill, you know, you say... You do what you say you're going to do. Uh, you're welcome on board. We're going to respect you for your knowledge. We're going to respect you for your skill. Nothing more, nothing less. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the equal opportunity angle to it.
0: And how how do you uh, you know uh, uniquely identify yourself uh, with respect to players like Fiverr or you know some other platform? How is it different?
1: So I would say Fiverr has been a huge inspiration for us. You know, back in 2012, when I saw Fiverr, I was like, wow, you know, what is the point of having a digital marketing agency where you can like literally outsource everything on the internet, right? You're using a platform like Fiverr. It's quick, it's cheap, it's fast. You're going to find like so many good gigs over there and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we've taken a lot of inspiration from Fiverr. Uh, what kind of differentiates us a bit is that uh, we're a social e commerce platform, which means we want uh, people to actually build relationships over here. We want people to build virtual teams over here. Fiverr's primarily, you know, you buy one gig and you're done. Uh, where we want to really have our USP is you don't just find one person one time, you actually work with an entire virtual team as compared to a single vendor. So uh, that's where we really want to kind of jump in and let people work with teams as opposed to individuals. And then one thing is that everybody who is on digital market, uh, we ensure that they are certified, we ensure that they uh, pass a lot of examinations, uh, okay. we make sure that they can actually do what they're saying they're going to do. Because we don't want a scenario where customers are like, not happy.
0: Hmm yeah that's interesting because i think yeah i, I think this is uh, this can be one of the uh, you know key pointers that differentiates uh, uh, the platform uh, with respect to a player like uh, Fiverr and freelancer because um, when you are when you are making sure that your uh, you know who whosoever is there on the platform is certified i think that gives a lot of credibility uh, to the person and uh, even to the businesses who are trying to outsource uh, the project right
1: Yep, uh, I'm happy you think that way because that's where we really wanted to go. And it's quite a difficult examination if you ask me. Uh, we've partnered with this company in the US called Digital Marketer. And they're okay. pretty well known for their uh, certifications and stuff like that. So in order to start selling onto digital market, you really need to have gone through hours and hours of training material. You need to pass an exam. And then in many cases, you know, you form part of a virtual team just when you get started, so there is that element of mentorship, there is that element of uh safety, even as a freelancer right We understand that as a freelancer right. it can be pretty scary you know like you, you can have a uh, not so nice customer as well right who's demand... Yeah, yeah. uh, uh but it's both sides you might it's completely both sides, so this is where we where the network effect really comes in. So we're able to form a micro teams, even if you're stuck as a freelancer alone, you know that you have a network, you know that you've got a community that can get the job done for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that's what we are discussing here on the episode. We want to discuss about how we can democratize the whole digital marketing landscape in India, especially with the gig economy, uh, which is upon us. And we we see like you did that back in 2012. You saw that opportunity. You started giving more pay to your uh, employees who started working from home. And now with this whole pandemic in place, we, have, we are seeing more and more companies uh, drifting towards this uh, trend of work from home. And uh, a lot of, uh, like I've, I've seen a few companies, like my brother uh, who works for uh, SAP, uh, they actually have uh, declared like a, an entire year for work from home. So, uh, you know, uh, until 2022, Nobody is coming back to office, and it saves a lot of uh, money for the businesses as well. So now, when you see this gig economy uh, being flourishing in India, uh, what do you feel uh, are the are the uh, future trends uh, in the digital marketing space uh, with respect to you know countries like India, developing countries?
1: So I think India is really poised to profit from the gig economy. And like you said, you know, the, this entire pandemic has gotten the world more connected digitally. Yeah. And as a business owner, you know, as a business owner, it doesn't matter which country you're from. Uh, as an entrepreneur, it's kind of inbuilt into you that you need to find resources that are available to you. You need to find resources that are cost efficient. In many cases, cost is a huge, huge, huge differentiating factor. Uh, But the interesting thing is that the internet makes everybody an equal, right? So now, whether I'm sitting uh, in India, whether I'm sitting in Dubai, whether I'm sitting in Singapore, whether I'm sitting in the US, UK, any of these countries, technically, it doesn't really matter, right? As long as I can do my job. Anyway, no one is meeting each other face-to-face. So it's not long till the West primarily realizes that The East is extremely capable of execution and at a fraction, at a bargain of the cost of a full-time employee or a freelancer uh, anywhere else. Here, you could probably hire an entire team and I'm not exaggerating. You can hire an entire team at one person's salary uh, elsewhere, right? So once people do realize that, you know, once people realize that and it's in everybody's face that you, you can save 10x your cost, you can save 20x, 100x your cost. Uh, that's why I said I think India's poised to really, really profit from this opportunity.
0: That's interesting, you know, that you talk about this fact that you can actually hire an entire team of, let's say, you know, five or six individuals, or sometimes ten individuals, at the cost of one, uh, you know, uh, employee uh, salary in the US, uh, which is, you know, uh, very true. And uh, we, and India has always been, I think, you know, the the tech uh, service economy for the world, right? We we have Tata, TCS, we have you know, Infosys. So all these companies are here, and they are servicing a lot of these clients in the US and the UK. Uh, are there, are there any myths that you see going around when it comes to uh, you know freelancers and small businesses? Uh, what sort of myths do you see and would you like to burst some of them?
1: Some kind of myths. So, you know, we have like a two-sided model, right? Where we work with uh, customers on one side, typically business owners. And then on the other side, also we work with uh, freelancers. Hmm. So I think like one myth which has really busted itself uh, has been the last like two years. You know, Mm. till two years ago, we were talking to people and they would not understand that we were a virtual company. And they would call us from Delhi and they'd be like, "Uh, can you come to office? And we're like, we are in Pura. uh." (laughs) And they're like, "Uh, so you're not going to come and uh, build the website in our office. And we're like, no, we'll just build it like online and send it to you online. And they're like, you know what? We actually prefer a company locally and stuff like that. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we totally, <laughs> totally understand. So I think that by itself has been busted, right? Because now whether you're in Delhi and someone calls you to the office, you're still okay. not going to go, right? So uh, so location location absolutely has uh, been busted, which I I like, you know, because we'd still struggle with this question a lot, saying that, oh, can you come to office? Can you come to office? And we didn't have an office so you'd never even call people to our office so that that was one pretty good thing uh, the second is I feel that there's certain bigger companies and see freelancing is not for everyone and we right. know like for a fact that a fortune 500 company or a big company they are not interested in working as freelancers they True. don't require they can hire like large agencies and they're not going to be like, let me build my own team and stuff like that. So I think you need to really understand who you are, uh, what are your goals, uh, what are your budgets as well, and then find something that works for you. Even like for freelancers, I tell them the same thing is like, look for, you know, small and medium business owners. You might get like an appointment with a big company, but when they ask you about your team and you're saying like, I work from home, they're just going to be like, no, this is not for us. So I think there's a market for everyone. There's definitely a market for everyone. It's important to first figure out who is your audience. You know, who is your audience? uh, Who do you want on your team? And at the same time, like with a virtual team, you can get anything done. You you can get literally anything done our website, our business, digitalmarket.com. I would say we started the day there was a lockdown. Mm-hmm. You know, The day there was a lockdown, we we're like, okay, we're going to just run with this. Uh, we're going to make sure that our, our business is not impacted. In fact, we're going to look at growing our business, mm-hmm. uh, which we were able to do in the last like two years. So myths are, I think even right now, there's opportunity. You don't need to wait for things to get better. The internet is open 365 days, 24 by 7. Uh, So if you're a business owner with an idea, then just get online and start selling, you know. Don't wait. Don't wait for the perfect time.
0: I completely agree with that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that you said uh, just now was that uh, not everybody requires a freelancer. Not everybody requires a solopreneur to work for them on their project, right? Because big companies will have different requirements. Different companies will have their different requirements. And I think there's everything for everyone out there. So as per your needs, as per your, uh, you know, ideas, your requirements, I think you have somebody already present You just have to figure out where to find them and how do you engage with them. So are there any tips that you would like to share with businesses, especially uh, when it comes to hiring freelancers or solopreneurs, what are the things they should do uh, in order to start a good engagement and keep that engagement healthy and get results?
1: Uh, I love this question. I think the first thing at least that I do, this is my standard practice, is to look at freelancers with reviews. Now, whether you're on Fiverr, or whether you're on Upwork, or whether you're on digital market, whether you're on LinkedIn, I definitely want to see other people having done some business with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second is, I would really want to see my vibe with them, you know, how I connect with them, uh, their language, how they're communicating. And then I'd always start with a small project, you know, something really, really small, because I believe if someone delivers something on time, whether it's big or small, the first time, the chances that they're going to do it again for you are way more likely. Right. So start small and then scale, you know, start small, then scale. And I would say that don't think of it like an arranged marriage Mm. in India, where you find one freelancer and you take out everything from that freelancer. Whether he says, I'm going to do your website, then you don't tell him to now also do my Google and also do my podcast and also do my video editing and also do this and also do that. That poor guy came to you saying that he can do one thing and now you're trying to take out everything from him. Obviously, he or she's not able to do it. And then frustration starts and then rudeness starts and then both of you lose respect for each other. And in my experience, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. So just keeping it like super simple, the gig economy means it's more like Tinder as opposed to an arranged marriage. It's Mm -hmm. more like, let's see how this goes. If it works, well and good. If it doesn't work, catch you later. You've not cost me too much time. You've not cost me too much money. I'm not going to be overly angry or upset about it. right? And when you go through like a sea of freelancers, you're automatically going to build better relationships, right? You're going to see who's delivering good work. You're going to see who's punctual. You're going to see who's affordable. And then you cherry pick your team. And then you say, okay, I want this guy for graphics. I want this girl for PR. I want this one to do my SEO. I want this one to do my website, whatever it is. And then you can really create a beautiful virtual dream team. Mm
0: -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I think uh, that's uh, true when it comes to uh, hiring freelancers. Uh, one person cannot do everything. And uh, even, you know, that works for even bigger organizations also. Uh, this is one trend that uh, I, I've seen recently, you know, that uh, for one, one person is doing multiple tasks. And at the end of the day, you know, none of these tasks are being executed perfectly. So at the end of the day, uh, even though you are, uh, you know, Uh, squeezing out more productivity from the person, but the results are not satisfactory. The results are below par or, you know, just average. So I think instead of doing those average executions, uh, have, you know, different freelancers or different, you know, people for different jobs so that at the end of the day, the ROI actually is better, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: And uh, Gaurav, uh, so this was, you know, uh, from uh, from the uh, perspective of businesses. But when it comes to freelancers and digital marketers who are just starting off, or maybe you know people uh, who want to do a side hustle while working uh, somewhere else, uh, what sort of tips would you like to give to them? And and like you said, you know, earlier that uh, freelancers are not for everybody. Uh, I'm sure you know freelancing is also not for everyone like everyone cannot uh, think that they can do a side hustle always or maybe you can be a freelancer leave your job and become a full-time freelancer i think that is also something which is not always feasible so what are your tips to uh, you know people uh, who are planning or thinking of uh, starting their own side hustle or maybe getting into freelancing
1: sure so i always tell my community that if you call yourself a freelancer you might as well call yourself a business owner because there's no difference between the two. Your business might be freelancing, but at the end of it, you're an entrepreneur. You're a business owner. So you need to start thinking like a business owner. And similarly, like starting a business is not for everyone, right? Yeah. You know, some people are very comfortable with a job. Some people want to start a business. I think freelancing or side hustle gives you the middle ground to get started. Some tips that I have for freelancers is first and foremost is if you want to become a freelancer, if you're interested in becoming a freelancer, then you should study something in that space. You know, there are hundreds of courses available on Udemy. There are like thousands of courses that are available on YouTube and Linda and stuff like that. And you should be like so passionate about learning this stuff even before you begin freelancing that you know that this is for you or it isn't for you. True. You've gone through so many courses, you've invested your own money. And I'm not saying like a lot of money that you have to go to an IIM or you have to go to some fancy degree or something. But enroll in these courses. Some of them will be like really good courses. And you're going to get to learn from that. If you're able to complete these courses, then the next thing that you should do is apply Exactly what you learned. So, if you've done a digital marketing course, then you know, as simple as doing your digital marketing for yourself, setting up a simple funnel, setting up a simple email, or doing a website, or doing SEO, or whatever it is that you want to start doing. And this kind of helps you skip the first stage, which is in getting customers. A lot of people, they don't know how to get customers or they don't feel confident in being able to handle customers or those customers will say that, boss, you've not done business before. You have no reviews. Why should I Mm -hmm. take you? So I, I think the magic answer, the magic trick over here is to really become your first customer. Become your own customer. Yeah. What I mean by that is, say if I want to, sell websites to people, if I'm a WordPress mm-hmm. developer, then the least that I should have is at least a very killer, sexy website for myself on WordPress.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh,
1: you know, you're saying absolutely and I also feel like absolutely. But I'm still surprised to see a lot of freelancers. They'll come and they'll pitch me. And I'm always interested. I'm always looking for talent. But ask them a simple question, like, what's your website? They're like, oh, that's a work in progress. <laughs> and, and you're telling me that you want to build me a website. <laughs> so I think that's like a big red flag. Yeah, it might be a pet peeve for me, but I just feel that, you know, you got to practice what you preach. True, true. You, know, you have to practice what you preach. And the flip side is also true. is Supposing you did have like a killer super website, you know, and you show it to me saying that, hey, this is my website. And I look at it and I really like it. I think it looks great. I think the speed is awesome. I think you've got the right color combinations and so on and so forth. Then my doubt of you being able to build me a website like this is almost nothing, right? Meaning like, hmm. boss, you've done it for yourself, you'll be able to do it for me. Right? So I feel that's like super, super simple and this should be for everything. So if you're offering Google My Business as a service, then you should have a Google My Business with reviews you should be ranking in Google for some keywords. If you say you're a video editor, then have a killer video edited for yourself. So True. that's like the personal branding that you need to do with the education that you've just invested in. And do it for yourself. Be so passionate about it that you do it extremely well for yourself that other people notice.
0: I completely agree with that, uh, Gaurav. And uh, even you know, uh, when I meet people and we have these kind of discussions, uh, I keep telling them that at the end of the day, you need to have a website, or at least you know, showcase your uh, work either on Dribble or have it on Instagram or wherever possible. Like you need to understand and figure out which platform works for you and where you can you know uh, redirect your traffic, your uh, customers to, and it should be one place where they can see who you are, your personality, your style, your designs or whatever you do. And they should have some sort of a connection uh, with you. And, you know, from there, I think the things get rolling very
1: easily, right? 100%, 100%. And supposing you send them to a dribble page or like I said before, Fiverr or Upwork. And I see that they've got like 10 reviews or 20 reviews or 50 reviews, in some cases, 100 reviews then the tables turn immediately. You're not selling to me. I am chasing you to do my work. True. So that's super important. And we live in a review economy as well. So people who take care of the reviews, and it kind of makes sense, right? People who get good reviews are people who do good work. People who do good work get good reviews.
0: True, I completely agree with that. And uh, you know, you spoke about uh, doing these courses from uh, Udemy or you know somewhere else. There are so many uh, free uh, courses that you can do uh, from Google itself or from LinkedIn. Uh, during these uh, you know times, what I have noticed is that apart from these websites, which are, you know, well-reputed websites, you already have thousands and thousands of courses there. You can trust these websites. But then there are a few wannabe online guru, you know, kind of a thing, uh, which has uh, propped up uh, recently. And they're everywhere, right? Uh, and I'm. it becomes really difficult for uh, somebody like me to figure out who is a genuine, uh, you know, online educator. And who's a wannabe? Uh, can you shed some light on this? And uh, maybe, you know, uh, how can we educate our audience uh, to to make, make an informed decision?
1: Sure, absolutely. So I think uh, that's a really good question. And unfortunately, I feel uh, sometimes you're just going to have like a negative experience uh, both mm-hmm. ways, whether you're a coach, coach creator or you're a consumer. Um, one way that I kind of like to uh, think about it is what are they offering? You know, like what what is the end product? What's the end goal that they... What is their promise, right? In many cases, you're going to see a lot of these push-button, get-rich-quick kind of schemes. Like yeah. pay this amount of money, pay that amount of money. And the general rule of thumb is that if it seems too good to be true, it's probably not. So I think social media is like a really good way to expose bullshit as well. You know, you can can look at profiles. Uh, Any decent guru or any decent digital marketer, they're going to have their own communities. They're going to have their own groups. They're going to do their own webinars. Yeah. And there's so many other platforms that you can even like look at reviews, right? You can look at Google Business. You can look at Amazon. Have they written a book? Do they have a YouTube channel? Are they verified on Twitter? And there's going to be that something that you're going to be able to tell whether it's true or false, uh, at least as long as you get more mature in the industry. So initially, I would say is just stay away from the shiny penny syndrome, which is make millions overnight, no product, no this. If they advertise that it is hard work, it takes time, they're able to showcase their results, their proof, their journey, which is verifiable. I think that would be like a good choice. That would be a good choice.
0: True, true. And uh, one of the things that uh, genuine, uh, you know, educators and digital marketers do is that they will never give you uh, an offer like, you know, 20,000 and then they will slash it down to 499. I think (laughs) that kind of a ridiculous, you know, discounts and pricing. And on top of that, they'll tell you that, you know, you get worth 50,000 or 1 lakh bonus, which is completely free. I think those kind of things for me are red flags when I see uh, these kind of you know offers and offerings uh, on on their post or on their ads. That's like a red flag to me.
1: So uh, I would say yes and no. Like to a large, <laughs> <laughs> to like a really large extent, to a very large extent. Like I'll give you an example, uh, which is which is our case, right? Hmm. Now you're calling yourself a digital marketer, right? You're a marketer. And a marketer's job is to convince people to purchase something from a company, right? Right. Now, human beings are not necessarily all as smart as you. And when they do feel that they're getting this much value additional, they're way more likely to convert. Now, you can look at that analogy on Amazon as well. You're going to find products on Amazon, suddenly you're like, wow, this is 50% off. You go to a restaurant and they've got 10% off on dessert. So offers in general, make people convert. They encourage people to convert.
0: Yeah, but and, I think those those ads, uh, like those offers, those discounts should be sensible enough as well, right? I mean, a 50% is okay, 60% is also okay. But when you see offers which are, uh, you know, 99% kind of a thing, you know, <laughs> and then on top of that, you have like so many thousands and thousands of rupees which are termed as bonus free bonuses. I think that somehow gives me like a red flag uh, feeling.
1: Sure, sure. No, yeah, yeah, I can totally get it. I can, I totally understand uh, what you're saying. And in many times, like I'll look at something that I'm interested in, and I'm like, dude, when are you going to get over with the bullshit and just give me the real price, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, like scientifically, it's proven from a sales perspective is when, when you do benchmark high and then when you do add bonuses, I know most of these bonuses are digital bonuses. Yeah. Uh, so after some time, you're going to see higher conversions, but I can totally understand that it annoys some people. Uh, we do it and we see better conversions as well. And the psychology behind of doing it is to increase sales, so which is something that we do teach in digital marketing as well.
0: Wonderful, wonderful uh, so Bora before we uh, wrap up today's episode uh, any you know final uh, you know trends that uh, you would like to see or uh, you know you predict that there'll be some trends in the next couple of years in the digital marketing space in India
1: so I think one major trend that I'm super duper excited about other is like the gig economy it's mm-hmm. a trend that's starting right now and it's going to really really become huge. I think of it like, uh, you know, like where suddenly all the call centers in India popped up, right? You know, half the yeah. call center support everyone. What do you do? Like they are in a, work in a call center. I think that's going to change towards digital marketing in the gig economy, where majority or bulk of the execution is actually done in India. Uh, right. It just makes sense. You know, we understand the internet. Uh, English is decent we work hard, it's significantly cheaper than the rest of the world. So I think that's going to be like really, really awesome, at least for us over here in terms of the economy. Mm-hmm. Another trend that I'm betting pretty big on is what happens next after the gig economy? You know, what happens next uh, once the gig economy kind of settles in? And I think that robots, digital marketing robots are going to be a really big opportunity as well. Okay. So where you're working with things like Siri, you're working with things like Alexa, and they become your virtual assistants, and they'll be able to start executing your day to day tasks
0: i am super pumped about this because uh, you know uh, i have been reading a lot about audio 2.0 and uh, that's all about you know how we can use voice as the next search engine and everything becomes voice oriented everything is voice activated i yes. mean you don't have to type in you know the socially desi show. You can simply say, "Hey Siri, play the socially desi show," and it will play on your favorite app. You know, I think that is really interesting. And somebody like uh, today, I think uh, a few of uh, these uh, competitors, I think Apple and Spotify, they are actually experimenting with this. And Amazon is also there. Uh, they're they've already started to do some sort of tests where you know if they want to search for this episode where I'm interviewing Gaurav, they can simply search or they can simply say, you know, uh, play this. Uh, play the episode uh, where we are talking to Gorov, and it will automatically play. I think that's the power of, of audio, and uh, I think I'm, I'm I'm super pumped about that. Uh, so with AI and with audio, the future for digital marketing uh, and and uh, you know in general, I think it's gonna be bright.
1: Absolutely, Anurag. Really, really excited. I think you said it better than I did. And uh, thanks so much for having me on Socially Desi. Really appreciate talking to you. No, it was it was
0: great fun, Gaurav. Thank you so much for uh, being on the Socially Desi show. Guys, go check out digitalmarket.com. Uh, we'll be putting the links in the show notes below as well as Gaurav on LinkedIn will put his LinkedIn profile. So if you want to get in touch with him, you know, uh, get more uh, ideas from him or maybe if you want to work with him, please go and uh, get in touch with him on LinkedIn as well. With that, thank you so much, Gaurav, on uh, being on the Socially Desi show. I appreciate it. Talk soon then. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Gaurav on our show again in the future to talk more about the gig economy and digital marketing in India. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com. And as always, before I sign off, Remember, life is black and white, and everything in between.